So, Moritz, you've been in the technology space for many years now. Have you seen a shift in the adoption of artificial intelligence in the enterprise recently? Of course, in the sense the big topic is ChatGPT or the emergence of large language models. And especially with that quality and that achievements of ChatGPT or the GPT-4 lately, it is fantastic to see what technology nowadays can do. And because we can see and understand much more easily what is the potential by using it, I'm just asking a question, getting an answer. This helps tremendously in organizations to adopt such technologies. Of course, there's certain technical hurdles, but at least in terms of management and support, I think there is a much bigger drive at the moment than there was in the past. Okay. And would you say that that drive is certainly, I mean, you mentioned that there are some possible technical hurdles, but do you feel that there is a sense of optimism in the air around, as you've mentioned, chat GPT, the emergence of large language models, the capabilities that are offered between question and answering? What sort of conversations are, are people having in that direction? They are having many questions. Because, of course, the moment technology becomes more complex, um, there arise more questions. Mm. First one that I always hear is, um, how do we train the, the chat GPT or the large language model on our own data? And I think even so that there might be some training or conditioning possible in the future, I think right now the right question to ask is, how do I use it in the context of my data? Um, and that mentality shift is one that we are trying to explain why is that conversation now shifted on how to use a large language model and in technical terms on how to ask the question, how to prompt the large language model, and not on how to train the model on my data need? And with that, I think um, once this is answers, answered and understood how it works, you can open a lot of doors because the adoption of the technology on a very specific data set is, is nowadays much easier than it has ever been before. Definitely. And I think um, we're going to definitely look into the intrinsics of how it works, as well as how enterprises and clients can use it on their own data. So welcome back um, to Redefining AI. In this episode, we're going to embark on an exciting journey to demystify the transformative power of cutting edge technologies. Now, from natural language understanding and generation to content creation, automation and problem solving will unravel the potential of generative retrain transformers and large language models, shedding a lot of light on their role, as we've mentioned, in shaping the future of AI-driven solutions. Now, whether you're a tech enthusiast, a business leader, or you're simply curious about the limitless possibilities of the application or the adoption of artificial intelligence in an enterprise, you're in for an enlightening episode of Squirrel GPT and its real world use cases. So let's dive in um, and explore this together with our guest who we've started talking to, Dr. Moritz Muller. So Moritz, Squirrel GPT, what is Squirrel GPT then? GoGPT is combining the large language model with our search engine or insights engine technology. And um, to understand 
why this is so critical, we need to look at a few components. Uh, as you know, there are a few shortcomings, of course, of large language models. Um, I don't want to start with the shortcomings. Uh, there are, of course, also huge opportunities. But there are certain shortcomings in the sense of, um, uh, as you know, there is uh, the challenge of hallucination. Um, all generative AI models will have that challenge. Uh, there is the challenge that a lot of the large language models are trained on publicly available data. So how do you make that specific to your data? And there is the challenge on how do you do that in a secure way? How do you make sure that your data, and that is one of the main concerns of the people we speak to, is not being leaked out to the open world or used for retraining? And for all of those things, we have an answer. Excellent. So maybe you can enlighten us and share those answers with us. How does it maybe work? I think that would be a, a good place to start. And then we can focus on how it's yeah. so securely how it implemented. Works is, um, maybe let's just quickly look at this and, and what it does um, here in this illustration. If you look at the large language model as such, the large language model has the power to answer questions. It is basically showing capabilities of question answering. However, the knowledge or the answers that are given are based on the knowledge that the large language model has been trained on. Now, in our approach, we combine it with our search engine. So we can use our search engine to load company-specific data. You can simply connect, for instance, your SharePoint or your knowledge bases with that. And then we use our information retrieval system to retrieve the right document or information that contains the answer to your question. And once we have found that relevant document with inside of your data, we are basically then passing on that knowledge or that, that information together with the question to the large language model. And we ask the model, hey, large language model, this is my question. This is the data that we have found that should contain the answer. Please give me an answer based on this data. And this approach is called retrieval augmented large language models, or we also call it retrieval augmented generation. And for me, this is the innovation behind this. So we combine the search engine with the generative AI component of the large language model. And you seem to be emphasizing that. So it's really the combination of the search engine and the generative capabilities that are installed, encouraged by the, the large language model. Is that correct? That is correct. So the first thing that we do is we go in and we search with the question that you ask. We use a semantic search approach um, or other kind of techniques to say, give me an answer, go show me all the relevant documents that contain information about this question. That's the first step that we do. Then we validate, is there actually information about the question in there? And then we go to the large language model and say, now give me a, generate me an answer to the question that I had based on these kind of content. And the search piece is essential because it allows us to guarantee that we are sticking to access control so we can do the whole entitlement handling. Um, because we use the search, we can check, oh, this employee is not allowed to see this document. So if he or she asks that question, we need to make sure that we don't use this information to answer the question. Mm. That's a fundamental benefit. Uh, another fundamental benefit is that we can open us up the results so we can show you where is this information coming from um, and of course we can do it in enterprise setup uh, that is very often the worry of using ChatGPT and the open ai api the moment we do this in a private cloud we use the so-called azure open ai api we can do it in a secure way because the 
hardware that the large language model is hosted on is very same where you have your SharePoint online, you run your Microsoft Teams. So the moment you have understood that, you get the approval from compliance or big organizations, you can use this API because Microsoft gives you the guarantee that your data that is being interacted with with the large language model is not used for retraining of the large language model. So that covers us in terms of enterprise security. Okay. So you seem to have outlined three key components as what I would classify myself as probably strong benefits or key focuses of what we're offering with Squirrel GPT. So that was, you mentioned, obviously, that it is based on your own data. You mentioned that someone can use their SharePoint, their enterprise um, connectors. Is there any other connectors that can be used, private, public, premium? Is there a limitation as to the data sources that can be injected? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, technically, there is no limitation. So we can connect anything for which we have an API to connect to. And that can be a, a confluence. It can be uh, your, your own website um, that, that we just scrape. It can be any kind of data source that you have internally or whatever you want to connect can generally be connected. And the advantage there is also because we don't retrain the model on your specific data, it allows us to also withdraw old documents so that the answer doesn't come from outdated information anymore. And the moment you update a new document or you load a new document in your SharePoint, it will be within seconds reflected in our search engine. So within seconds, new content will be used to answer your questions. And that's the fundamental advantage of our retrieval augmented generation approach. Definitely. Do you think that there's any misconceptions around or or maybe misunderstandings, ignorance, ambiguity around the whole retraining the model on your data when it comes to the use of an LLM in an enterprise setting? So there's definitely the confusion that I mentioned at the beginning that people think about retraining that model. And mm. at retraining the model, we, we need to we need to put this aside for now. It is much more how do we make sure we feed the right data to the large language model in the context of the question. And um, as we mentioned before, it's all about how to make sure we find that relevant content that we have inside of our um, uh, inside of our data set to make sure that we can focus on that specific content. Yeah. And the, I think this is also where the largest benefit lies in going forward um, that we um, uh, can um, uh, that we can make sure that we focus the information very specifically on what is relevant for, um, for, for the respective context that we are looking at. So the moment we achieve that, we are going to be able to have a, a huge benefit of answering the, the content in the, in the right way. Excellent. Um, and I see, I just illustrated this here, maybe quickly again, uh, to show this to you. So, um, if you go out there to chat.openai.com, you would basically ask as a user the question directly to the large language model mm -hmm. that you see on the screen. Oh, sorry, um, that you see here on the screen and then get the answer back. Now with Squirrel, we have a whole number of steps in between that we run um, that we conduct first before we interact with the large language model. So, yeah, I mean, so let's look at a demo. I mean, I think that what people, um, sort of our, our listeners will be interested in understanding is how can Squirrel GPT be applied in a real use case in the enterprise? 
That's a very good question. So um, the maybe you can also cover as well, Moritz, you know, how can you apply LLMs to use cases in general? What are the deployment options as well as, again, you've touched upon it earlier. I mean, security in terms of data privacy and access control listings. These are imperative for organizations, especially in the selection of an emerging technology and the use of LLMs in an enterprise. Maybe you can also mention, you know, what's required to use Squirrel GPT in a corporate IT environment. Very good question. And all of these questions are exactly the ones that our potential clients or current clients or future clients have at the moment that I speak to. So the first thing to explain here is that a search engine like Squirrel can be deployed in an on-premise or private cloud setup. So that is something that we have been doing in the past. We run our software on a private cloud or on your premise if that is what you want to do. So that data is definitely safe and secure. Now, in order to use the large language model, and that's where the challenge starts, you need to make sure you have a large language model available that you can access ideally via an API. I always get the question, can we not host that large language model on our own cloud? No, mm-hmm. right now that's not possible. So the solution to that is to use a so-called private cloud setup um, via, for instance, Azure private cloud. Microsoft mm-hmm. offers you the ChatGPT API in a private cloud setup. And then for me, the question on moving this forward is in an organization is to get IT and compliance approval to be allowed to use this API. So our banking clients here in Singapore, they have onboarded this API. So that already shows that this is possible. Now it's purely a matter of which internal applications such as Squirrel can leverage that API internally and provide the benefits that we are about to look at. But now let me show you a demo. So um, it's very easy in Squirrel to just upload data. So I could just upload here new data to my Squirrel GPT. Um, if you go to um, start.squirrel.com, you can actually set this up yourself. You can register as a free user and try this out. I could just upload some files. Now, since the processing... And so a selection, as we, we highlighted before, a selection of any documentation that you may have. Um, yes, so you see here, you can go to the, the Squirrel GPT documentation. It's all explained there. If, if I open this up um, in, in a new tab um, in a second, you will see it's all explained how it works. Uh, otherwise, you can, exp- you can approach us. There are also some videos on, on how it works. You have the data connectors in there for self-trial. Uh, this is very much in uploading some files. So upload yeah, some it's very intuitive files, design. Um, some zip files, PDFs. Uh, you name it. So I've I've done this here and, and we paired that with our enterprise search solution. Uh, you see here, I have an annual report uh, from Singapore Airlines, for instance, um, some other documents. I have also uploaded, I think somewhere a sustainability report here for Singapore Airlines. And now once I've done this, I can start asking questions about this. And that is really powerful. So I can just go to the chat functionality um, which comes up now, and I can ask questions on this. I can ask, for instance, we had that ESG use case. That's why this is called the ESG demo about Singapore Airlines. I can ask, uh, does Singapore Airlines already use SAF? Um, SAF is Sustainable Aviation Fuel. And what it does now, it retrieves all the relevant documents, and it gives you then an answer. You see, yes, Singapore Airlines already uses Sustainable Aviation Fuels. Uh, and then we point you back to the respective sustainability report, to the pages that cover this kind of topic that I could now open. Uh, you can also go in and ask more complex questions. Um, and, and I think this is really where the power of this lies. 
you can ask questions that you need to answer in ESG compliance. So I, I just copy paste this over because it takes a while to, um, to type. Does Singapore Airlines have board level oversight and clear roles and responsibilities for the identification and management of environmental and social matters, including climate relatedness? Um, that is a typical question that needs to be answered um, for ESG report. And you see within seconds, ChatGPT found with the score search engine the right document to answer that question and gives you a very, very clear answer. It's just amazing what it does here. Yes, Singapore Airlines has board level oversight and clear roles and so on and so forth, listing you everything that is covered and even pointing you back to the sources. So I can point back now here and go to the sustainability report that is used. It shows me, look at page 53. Um, that document was used to answer that question. And when this comes up now, it's a big PDF. So take me a moment to open this up. You see here, perfect fit. Yeah, perfect. We can put yeah. evidence where it comes from. Mm -hmm. We can say here, uh, board safety and risk committee, all the functional functions that the, the board of Singapore Airlines has, we tell you exactly where it comes from. Yeah, so now, again, here we're highlighting the capabilities of evidence-based answering, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And, the and, and what is this... What is this enhancing? Is it enhancing the accuracy rate of the question and answering capabilities? Is it enhancing the knowledge retrieval capabilities? I mean, what can a, a potential customer or client understand with the augmentation of the evidence that's provided here? I think it does a few things here. So mm -hmm. first of all, because we use the Squirrel Search Engine, we can focus the content on the content that you want to use as the knowledge base or the base to answer the, the question. So we can upload here, for instance, I've uploaded here an annual report or sustainability report um, for Singapore Airlines. You can also amend that with your internal documents. Uh, organizations have their internal reports that are not publicly available. And by using this information, you get a much better answer because there's a lot of research and knowledge in organizations that is now used to answer the question. So in that sense, it's augmented you find the internal information faster. And on the second aspect, because we can always point you back to the respective page that was used to answer the question, you're also covered in terms of a compliance perspective. Uh, if you just use the large language model and you ask it a question, it will not be able to give you an answer uh, of where, or it might be able to give you an answer. It might not be able to tell you where the information comes from. So, for instance, um, if I was to ask that question to the large language model without the, the evidence base, it might say, yes, Singapore Airlines has that, but you have no way of being compliant by proving here are the respective sources yeah. that, that are the foundation of my answer. And that is very, very often relevant in processes and organizations where compliance is key. Exactly. So how would this work in terms of entitlement handling? Yeah, if you add the entitlement handling question, um, that is very easy because uh, it's then set up a single sign-on with your Active Directory for Microsoft. And we are, for instance, if you have data in SharePoint, we are automatically honoring entitlements from SharePoint. Mm -hmm. So we know who is logging in. You see here, this is my user that is logged in. Um, and when I asked in a question, it the search engine searches for all the documents. And everything it finds is validated against the respective access control layer. So if I am not allowed to see the document, the document is not used to answer the question. But all the other documents that are available to me that I'm allowed to see, 
are being used as answers to your questions. So this is the content that you answer this then based on. And I think that um, given that it is a, a key consideration and you've highlighted the use of Squirrel GPT in this particular ESG scenario, I believe that it's very relatable and easy to identify other opportunities that, that clients can use Squirrel GPT for. I mean, some of the ones that, that come to mind immediately are call center service agents, those that need to interact with a lot of uh, information, um, knowledge retrieval, information retrieval. We've got automation that could follow um, not Absolutely. only information retrieval, um, but maybe the automated implementation of following up with someone answering an email, having the option to answer an email. Um, we've got chat on top of frequently asked questions, support manuals, standard operation procedures, to name a few, as well as something that I'm personally interested in, education and training. Um, you can use it on technical documentation. So on our own documentation site, we do have Squirrel GPT um, integrated. It makes the whole of your website conversable in the sense that you can interact with the information provided and listed on your website. Um, so I think there's definitely a, a plethora of opportunities that can be explored with um, Squirrel GPT. Before we end the session, um, which has been extremely informative from many angles, is there anything else that you'd, you'd like to share with us? I think you summarized it very much on, on point. Um, the one thing for me that I'm currently looking at is, of course, the use cases. And, and one of those use cases that I have in mind is um, question answering in the next level. That, for instance, yeah. what you see here, you can have a list of predefined questions. And then you use these predefined questions um, to automate answers um, in, in terms of reporting. So you can use this. Uh, this is now a screenshot that I show here, um, but you can basically select which company or data for which company you want to run this list of questions on. And then you just run this through. You just predefine your reporting questions that you have and you automate that. You say, look, answer me all of those questions with the help of the large language model for all the 10 companies that I need to monitor. And then you can take that output. You can regenerate a report from that. We are just at the beginning of that whole phase. So the, the number of applications is really huge. So it's purely now for me a matter of how can we use it and what can we make out of it. Um, and we are just at the beginning of the journey. So I think we, we have just opened the first chapter at the very beginning of the whole large language model um, journey. And with Squirrel, we are right in it. And, and that is the exciting part for me um, that every day we get very exciting questions. I hope we, we get a few more uh, once people see what we do. I'm sure we will. And it is a very um, exciting journey. And I do agree um, and second that we're at the beginning of this journey and the opportunities that lie ahead of us are, are ones that we certainly want to explore um, together with potentials who are very much interested in the application of this. So thank you, Moritz, for being with us today on Redefining AI. Thank you. It was a pleasure.